everyone, and welcome to episode 217 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. It's Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and you probably noticed the cast is a day late this week, usually goes up on Monday. That's because we wanted to make sure the full crew was here, and it is. We have Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What's up, Richard? Hey, Seth, what's going on? Uh, not much. We've had just an insane week of magic or weekend of magic. So we have a ton to talk about today. And the reason we delay today is we wanted to make sure that Krim, a uh, top four competitor, top eight competitor of the Mythic Invitational, a very good performance at the Mythic Invitational, just got back from uh, the tournament. So we wanted to wait and make sure Krim was here so he could fill us in on all the insanity of the Mythic Invitational. What's up, Krim? <laughs> Hey, how you doing, Seth? Uh, morning, morning. Uh, morning, and uh, first off, congratulations. That was, uh, I said this on Twitter, when you told me you were playing Double <laughs> Esper, I was a little skeptical that that was the right call, but it looks like <laughs> history will uh, will prove your Double Esper choice correct, because you had a really great performance at the Mythic Invitational. Yeah, uh, I got, I got, like, so, like, I was talking to a ton of the MPL members, and they actually were saying... Uh, I had actually a great choice, like a great lineup for this, this tournament. And I, I couldn't believe it myself. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was a little skeptical too. I was like, well, double Esper, here we go. <laughs> but I tested enough and played enough to where I felt good about where I was. So uh, I just, you know, I, I showed up and I kind of thought I'd go 0 2, but for some odd reason, I just kept winning. The magic gods smiled upon you this weekend, that's for sure. Well, before we get into all this Mythic Invitational stuff, the plan for today, pretty simple. Mythic Invitational to kick things off, uh, watching it and also Crim's experience playing in it. Then we're going to kind of shift gears into War of the Spark. We kicked off preview season. We got an insane new trailer over the weekend <laughs> showing off the set. So uh, that's going to be part two of the cast. And then, assuming we have time, we will get to fish mail as well. Probably be a long one this week. So before we jump into it, a quick reminder that our show today is brought to you by SpikesAcademy.com, the world's first Magic the Gathering e-learning academy. They got some really cool courses from really amazing Hall of Fame level players. So you can check them out over at SpikesAcademy.com and even get 10% off with the code GOLDFISH. And to learn more, check out Spikes underscore Academy on Twitter. So thank you to Spikes Academy. Academy for supporting the show. Anyway, uh, with that out of the way, let's talk Mythic Invitational. So uh, we'll talk about the viewing experience as well. But Krim, you started to kind of talk about your experience. Uh, give us the details. What was it like playing at the Mythic Invitational? Uh, how surprised were you when you showed up and it was kind of like this real esports tournament with mirrors and like pyrotechnics, <laughs> like WWF style? And just fill yeah. us in on the behind the scenes of being there. <laughs> Okay, so, like, I had showed up the day before, and it was just, it was amazing, because, like, I, they were building stage, they were doing all this stuff, and, like, you know, like, I thought the stage looked great, everything looked sweet, and then when I actually, when, th then they finally tested, like, the pyrotechnics, all this other stuff, and I, that was when I was, like, my jaw had hit the floor, I was like, this, this is it, right, like, then it really sunk in, for some odd reason, it was the sparklers, the, the pyrotechnics <laughs> that made me finally feel nervous, I was like, oh, this is the big one, okay, right, like, I, I came in, I was like, I was pretty confident, right, I was like, okay, this is fine, it's just gonna be another day, just gotta play it like an F&M, just gotta win, like, four games in a row or something to make it to the next day, right, but then, they showed off the fireworks, the big LED screen, and then I was like, 
oh, this is so much bigger than an F&M. And then I started getting really <laughs> nervous. But I then centered myself and just, it was like, it was so cool. It was like the, nowhere else could you get this kind of event where you had obviously thir- the top 32 players in the MPL, but at the same time, you also had all these MTG personalities uh, all together in the same room. And it was so cool. Like So the first day we were just all, it was like me running around uh, fanboying over everything and then talking to everyone and I was just like hi 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 I think the the funniest thing was like Kenji actually made it a goal to say hi to every single player uh, so he was running around also saying hi to everyone and you know like that that was like day zero right it's just like a lot of just saying hello to everyone at the, all the competitors and you know for me it was like a chance to say hello to friends I haven't seen and uh, players I followed and like you know never really got a chance to be in the same room with to say hi so that was day zero uh and then they actually we actually got to see like day one uh you know i got i got to like prolong what i well I, what i was saying was prolong my death if you would because i didn't play day day one right i played day two uh like uh like like of all the com- the challengers right and so I got to watch everything. That was crazy. Watching it broadcasted, watching the crazy camera work. Like there were, there were just cameras swinging around all over the booth. Uh, the 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 entire casting team was super solid. Uh, in like Alias, uh, Paul Cheon, David Williams, Marshall Sutcliffe. I mean, we knew we knew these people were already amazing. We had Brian Kibler, uh, Day Nine, and it was just it was crazy to have that many that much like I don't know star power if you would under one event and like that was when like i I was like all right well i was at pax but for some odd reason being at pax i didn't i didn't want to do anything else but watch magic i literally just the floor was on uh, all there and all i did was just stand right in front of the big screen watching everything with my headphones in to hear the audio right like i just i didn't even wander the floor really this whole weekend i just played magic and watched magic that's all I did because I didn't want to do anything else. And it was, it was, it was a weird feeling once again, just having that esports thing settle in. And after seeing all of that, you know, I, I went back, you know, I, I went over to the tabletop area. Uh, you know, I, I played a little bit of standard with a friend and, you know, just like kind of got back into playing magic and uh, like, like competitive mode, uh, and stopped like just like staring at everything in awe. And then, the day started for me, uh, day two, and that was just, okay, then it, then I got, I, I started getting sweaty. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> we, we saw you air drumming in the background several times, crew. <laughs> oh yeah. I started air drumming super hard. I was like, oh boy. I was excited. And like, I was, I had my headphones and I was just like playing more music. I blasted it so loud. I think my hearing's probably gone. Um, and I, I finally, after I was done doing my air performance, um, I finally got called up and my first round opponent, uh, being Tiago, uh, like Bolavio, who's like my whole day, like my whole bracket was like, there was the group of death, which is what la- like group C was labeled as because all the wonderful competitors there. But I felt like I had the bracket of death, if you would, in my group because everyone I played felt like they were the 34th, 33rd MPL member who just slightly missed out or were MPL. So Bolavio being one of them, an amazing opponent. I, you know, I 
2-0'd there, and somehow, I, I, I don't know how I 2-0'd. Uh, like, I, I thought he was just slow rolling when he's like, I hope I don't play against someone on Esper Control. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I got some news for you. I'm on double Esper Control, so you're right. You, you, played, you did not play against someone who had only one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and it, was, it was a way different experience, right? Because, you know, we're used to just sitting down, right? Here's the match slip. Play Magic, right? Play Magic. There you go. But... I was on a discord with my opponent, you know, they had, I, we had production teams saying, Hey, hold your hand. Don't do anything. Wait around. And then like, it felt like every match was like a, a PT top eight feature. I was just sitting there and like my, my first match wasn't even broadcasted. Right. It, they told us to wait. And then finally, you know, you get to communicate. And of course, you know, I, it's the first match of the day. Neither of us really communicated all that much other than like, Hey, I'm about to play some, creature at flash so i'm making an announcement right so stuff like that and then you know i, I win and then I, I like my nerves just like like i they went away it just it just all went away and then i felt like okay i'm back in the zone you know i i took my game one handedly because it was against mono white and then i took my game two handedly because well it was the esper control and you know i got to study all the deck lists and uh, i believe Bolavio was actually uh either play testing with the same group you know of players that I, I ended up beating. I ended up beating the whole team, Bolavio, and then right after I had to play against the winner of Brad Nelson and Marcio Carvalho, which I played Carvalho next, and then I beat uh, Carvalho two one, uh, and then uh, like I think I ended up losing the next one to Gregor Kowalski, uh, just slightly, just slightly lost where he decided to explosion me for thirty three to the dome. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got that no, on no. camera. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like, ah, finally a feature match. Can't wait to lose the team of reclamation, show people what I'm all about. And I thought, like, okay, this is where the wheels fall off. And, and I was like, okay, I had my run. I get one more. Uh, but then I take on Witch, I believe. I don't, I, I like, that's what I know him as from his username, a Japanese player. Uh, he's, I believe he's on, like, Team Haruya. He's on one of the uh, branches of Haruya, so... That's why I called my bracket the bracket of death because like these are all really good players, and uh, you know like I, I, but like my last match of the day was against mono green and mono red, and I could not have been happier. Like that was everything my deck wanted. Um, right when I saw that my opponent played uh, the three threats into my uh, cry the carnarium, I knew I knew that this 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 match was over. <laughs> I knew the match was over. I didn't even, and, and it wasn't even my Cry of the Carnarium out of my mono white deck, right? Like, it, or I'm not my mono white deck, my, uh, my Dovin's Acuity deck. So that means that the next match was Burn versus mono, uh, my, uh, my Esper Acuity deck, which is the exact perfect matchup, which is what I brought it for. All the mono white, all the mono red decks. Um, and yeah, sure, some of the mid range decks too. Of course, I ended up losing that game, the second game, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll lose, whatever. And then, but then game, game three, um, which goes for mono red again. And I go on Dovin's Acuity because I'm like, I don't care which of these two you pick. I'm going this one because Dovin's Acuity is perfect. It was a dominant victory. Chat, I saw chat. I, I read, I watched the VODs to study my play and to make sure to see how I did and what I would change. And I, I read some of chat. Chat said I was fast playing somebody. <laughs> if, that, if that somehow works. <laughs> Like, cause like I, I was playing super fast. I was in the zone. And I was just dragging, dropping cards. I already knew exactly what I wanted to do next. <laughs> and that was when I read somebody said, uh, that feeling when you get fast played by the Esper player. <laughs> <laughs> 
and and you know i do my i do my speech and it really just like you know like i do my post game uh interview which is hilarious because i i i was like i told myself if i got to do any post game interviews i would treat this like a sporting event <laughs> and, <laughs> and like it, i mean like it is sporting event because it's an esport but i meant like down to my like my interview i almost wanted to see if i could find a bottle of water pour it over myself and then hold the towel over me <laughs> but i couldn't <laughs> And I was like, you know, like, I, I was like, oh, well, uh, like Becca, who was one of the commentators, she was amazing. I, I loved her energy and she, she interviews me and she keeps the ball going and I love it. Like she keeps it rolling. And uh, I, she's like, so I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I came out today, uh, I made some plays, my opponent made plays, you know, but I got, I gotta, I just gotta, you know, go back and study the tape and be ready. And then, and then Becca continues to like, she's like, oh, so what can we expect from you tomorrow then? And I was like, well, I expect some opponents to come out to make plays. Hopefully I make more plays. <laughs> and, then, and that was like, just like having fun with the event because <laughs> just focused on the next the only thing <laughs> yes <laughs> for for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct <laughs> just bella checked him good like, job crew <laughs> <do you, laughs> bella checked <laughs> like that that was the thing though like it, it was it was surreal like this was this was it this was magic as as an esport, and like the only thing I, I was short on was just an end, like an intro theme song. I was like, if we needed one, I I know I want Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song from wrestling. That's, that's literally, except I would come out and smash like two oh, Dasani water bottles. We got it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, like, goodness. <laughs> and that was. I ended day one like, like amazed. You know, I'm all right. I'm ready to compete the next day. Next day, I get paired up against Amazonian. My like one of my buddies, my streamer buddies. It was like it wasn't supposed to be like this. She talks to me and she's like, "Yeah, I'm excited to play though. We're gonna have fun because you know how it, like Amazonian killed it day one. She was like the streamers won a lot. Like despite the odds on Pinnacle, we were all supposed to just get mopped." There's this whole like narrative of eat the MPL, but it wasn't really eat the MPL. It's just like, wow, the streamers are winning. It just happens to be against a ton of the MPL, right? And uh, like, because we were supposed to be obliterated. It wasn't supposed to be close at all. I was looking at these odds. <laughs> and, uh, I think one person uh, like messaged me. It's like, you know, I don't know if you're gonna win, but I got I got hopes and money on you. So I'm like, all right, word. Well, thanks, I guess. <laughs> and 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 it was just surreal to me and like i get paired against amy and you know we're this is this is what i wish was broadcasted like um this is the cool thing about what made the invitational great it was the fact that i mean outside of everything and including like the prize money the the everything right it's just the whole spectacle side of it but the fact that you got to watch i mean there were two streamers paired up against each other and it was all about like the content really we where like both amy and i the first thing we did was just start emoting we're emoting right off the bat, nonstop. I know our our match wasn't like broadcasted, but it was like nice, nice. And Amy was saying, "I really don't like." We were having a blast. We were cracking up. Everyone was like super stone faced, right? They were playing their opponent, but Amy and I were cracking up and like laughing on Discord, trash talking each other for fun, like, <laughs> like, and, and and at the end of it, like Amy was like, "I really," she didn't want to play me because she's on like tokens and mono white, right? 
<laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't broadcasted, but it says I won 2-0, but really it was like I won 1.5 because I got lucky. I top decked drawing Cry of the Carnarium right when I needed it. And as, as a buddy, you know, merchant of mine would say, magic is an easy game when you draw what you want. And, and uh, that is correct. That is 100% correct. I drew exactly what I needed when I needed it. It was almost like I handpicked my, my draws. And after that, that was when I got paired against Andrea Mangucci. And, you know, the, he, he might have won the whole thing. But uh, <laughs> I think the one thing is, like, I beat him 2-0. Yeah. And I, I, I hung out with him all day yesterday, right? Before we both hung out, uh, it was uh, me... And, and, you know, uh, Marcio and then Andrea Mangucci were waiting for our flights. We're talking about it. And that was when he talked to me. He's like, apparently, like, the, the interview is like, the only thing he regrets is his one loss to me because I was the only person to beat him. Because, and here's what the best part about it is. It's him. I talked to Andrea and Andrea tells me the reason why he lost was because when he went for a thought erasure against me, I reveal Kaya's Wrath, Kaya's Wrath cleansing nova some other removal spell right and and on discord i'm like haha you can, i can kill any creature you play and, and because i said that he was like oh he trash talked me i wasn't i wasn't ready so i picked the wrong thing he said because i said that he picked kaya's wrath or whatever and then he played search for his kanta completely forgetting that i had a cleansing nova <laughs> and, <laughs> And then, so he plays Search for His content, I Cleansing Nova, clear it off, and he's like, I don't know why. I, at the end of the match, I told you, you outplayed me, and it was because of that sweet liner, that one-liner. It just got me, and I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you know the secret so my, to, to beating, you know, eventual champions of the Mythic Invitational. Just bring the trash talk. They're not ready for it. <laughs> yeah, emote. Do what you gotta do. But it was like, I mean, he was like, it was trash talking them. And then I laughed and Marcy was laughing. Marcy was like, it doesn't matter. You were going to win anyways. And he's like, no, no, I was going to win that match. He's like, it doesn't matter. You wouldn't, even if you would have kept the Ascanta, his deck beats ours. And it was so funny watching like Carvalho and like Andrea hanging out and talking. It's just like Andrea was saying one thing. He's like, dad, don't listen to him. He was going to lose anyways. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, like that, that was like, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I beat, I beat Andrea Mangu like 2-0 like this is just like I 2-0'd both my opponents today get paired against you know Piotr and like Piotr is just hilarious he's exactly like he's he's very like dry he's got that dry humor right but and like he's very like straight faced and like stone faced all that other stuff but like he is just a hilarious human being uh I it was like maybe five seconds after I had kept my hand I decided to keep and he immediately emotes your go (laughs) (laughs) that was when I knew this was going to be a good game right like this was going to be fun at the very least because I had a smirk I was ready and we just had an emote off and like I ended up dropping that game uh, and, and like I dropped that match but I I had so much fun this is exactly what magic you know in the big lights should be right everyone was like I, I, I finally got a catch up on Twitter um, it was so amazing to see so much support come pouring in from Twitter everybody was like oh you know the Asian Avenger you know I hope he wins you know it was, he's being a great sport but like to be honest with you it's hard to really not be a great sport when you're just 
Like, this is everything you envision for the game you love, right? Like, this is the game you love on the big screen. This is the game you love with, like, you know, the crazy lights, everything. And, and of course, you're just ha do playing the game that you love against some of the best players. Like, I'm not upset that I lost. I don't even care if I got bodied, right? Like, if I just got destroyed, O2, dropped out of the tournament, right? Like, the thing here is I was just amazed to be like on this stage and having like it, it was it was fun no matter what because i welcomed the challenge i got to get paired against some of the best players everybody here earned their spot everybody here has been working hard play testing doing all this other stuff so no matter what i was walking away with a smile like ear to ear couldn't stop playing magic i I've never wanted to play more magic than now um after like right in that moment when i lost to piotr i was like i literally got up shook his hand, got a churro, and then, and then went up to the player's lounge, sat on the laptops up there, played more arena. <laughs> I was like, it was a bit of, oh, I need to make top 1000 also, but like, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, and then like, you know, I played arena and then I got paired into my next match, which is like, it was a heartbreaker. It was against Andre Shrotsky. And like, if you don't know the lore behind Andre, if he declares he's retiring, it's hard to beat him. And so there was the retiring momentum and, you know, I, it was a bit of a heartbreaker to see me lose my game one to Immortal Sun, um, drawing a ton of lands. But I think maybe going back, I might've played devious cover up. I should have played devious cover up on my cry of the carnarium just to like bounce back my two acuities and try to race. I know, I know that like. I ended up just casting the Cry of the Carnarium just to get rid of the Fanatical Firebrand, wanting to hold the Devious cover-up in case, you know, he tr uh, uh, Andre tries to blow up my Lyra. Uh, I was hoping to draw any instant spell, revitalize, opt, just instant spell, please, or Mastermind's Acquisition. Uh, it didn't happen. I hit six lands. You know, that was an L. Then, I, you know, the next match, I studied Andre's list. I knew for a fact that Andre had an issue dealing with Nezahal because he only played two Kaya's Wrath, three Mortifies, one Contempt. And he already used about two to three of those, right? So he had a few, or he had to use about two, I think, at that point. And that was like, all right, well, I'm going to just immediately go Mastermind's Acquisition, grab Nezahal. Andre top decks the Mortify for the Heartbreaker. And that was when I felt the game slip away. But uh, I obviously, I wasn't I wasn't done I wasn't gonna just concede there I wanted to just keep playing and you know you know how that ends that ends with a loss but though it ended with a loss my my like something about this event just made me want to play so much competitive magic and and it was like whatever it is I want to get back there to that stage to the pyrotechnics to the wonderful like casting team to like and like this is to like to me this is way different because like you know like like then like somebody like the MPL who's like, yeah, whatever. I play the pro tour all the time. Right. Like, like I, I crush people on the daily for me. This is like, this is something bigger, right? This is like inspiring to somebody that isn't, you know, like I would say, Richard, even if you played there, you would probably be like, Richard, come back backwards hat, ready to play competitive <laughs> magic only <laughs> tier one decks. None of that jank. Get it all out of wow. here. I'm ready to play. <laughs> The, the filthy casual got beaten out of you at the Mythic Invitational Grill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I totally get what you're saying. Like, it was such a crazy stage. We're all at home watching, rooting for you. Uh, I thought it was the best weekend of competitive magic I've ever experienced. Uh, it was just super exciting. And 
watching Krim. Krim's been pretty humble about this whole experience, but he was slaying people and he was a match went away from top four. So he got pretty close and uh, just heartbreaking top decks like, oh, Mortal Sun. Then we draw six lands in a row. Like, oh boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy weekend. My luck ran out towards the end there. I think it was <laughs> Gabriel Nassif and I. We, we, it was hilarious. Yellow Hat and I. We were just sitting and talking there. We're like, we were like, all right, well, everyone, uh, we want to just get a photo one more time of the top 16 players and whatnot. And Gabe and I were just like, yeah, I think we might be the two biggest losers of the tournament. We were both one win away from getting in. And we were just like, they were like, smile for the photo and we're like ha one way a win one win away and we didn't get it together we were just like cracking up and laughing just like joking about our despair of losing <laughs> yeah you guys yeah. you guys needed the the lucky article of clothing uh you know Mugucci <laughs> yeah. with his scars piotr with his hat you know it's hilarious he, he like knocked off his hat and then he like immediately died <laughs> and then he put it back on and then he immediately crushed <laughs> i'm like is that real did that just happen <laughs> I, Andrea believes that to happen too. And he's got his rituals. I'm sure everyone does. And I think mine was, my point was, uh, leather jackets greater than scarves. Ah, <laughs> did you have it on? I saw you taking it off and on. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta enter with it. You gotta become one with the jacket. So it's at least always on emotionally. <laughs> at least. My jacket was emotionally on. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, like that, that was, I, I didn't notice this until the end of that uh, round against Andre. Everyone was like, that's the last US player also. I think it's because my leather jacket is a European brand. <laughs> oh I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying. Crim. Made in oh America. It was a crazy weekend for <laughs> European magic players, though, right? You're, like, like you said, yeah. they just like crushed the brackets and they like dominated the tournament. Savage was 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 killing it. He was my pick. I was like, dude, Savage, like his tight play there against like Piotr, like not casting, you know, like the, using the Escanta, holding up Syncopate. These were really good games of magic, right? Like, yeah, I understand people had its issues with it, its format, formatting, right? Like, and, and, you know, it, some things could be improved upon there, but from a viewer's standpoint and like, from just like spectating and like magic as a whole, like this was a very fun event to watch. That game three with, uh, Piotr on Mono Red and Savits on Esper was one of the best matches uh, of Magic, period. Uh, so if you haven't watched it, go back and watch game three of that. Uh, and uh, you'll see the difference between high level play and then like run my spell into death, lose the game. Oops, bad RNG. Uh, these two guys yeah. like played as if they knew everything and they knew nothing right we had the advantage of seeing both hands and knowing what was going on but they were playing in the dark and they navigated like ma magnificently it was a crazy match so go watch it if you haven't seen that one yeah it it, it, it was like everything that you imagined to you know records tied one and one this is it right so both wall played by every like everyone played really good magic and it's what you expect right from from the caliber of players that are there people think that oh these people like you know i remember the narrative going it's like who are these people why are they here and it's like people aren't forgetting these are players signed to esports teams like it's not like we just like oh, oh well, you know like <laughs> how did i get here what happens i mean <laughs> that was I team liquid be, i don't want to be i don't want to be that guy but there, there, there were some mistakes that were more like 
first rounds of GP type play compared to like top right. eight of Pro Tour. There was like a few things I can where you're like, uh, you, that person just kind of lost the game because they played that in a way that wasn't that experienced or something. So there were, right. there was definitely there was some, some good play, but there, there was definitely some questionable plays along the way as well. But I mean, there's like, like, so some of that is like, th- keep in mind, these are players new to the game, right? Essentially, it would be new to, new-ish to the game, right? But they're still competitors. So, um, like, I think with more time, more preparation, more of the right thing, like, I think they, they will eventually become huge players in the scene. Yeah, and I think those those are things we saw on, like, the early days. By the time we got towards the finals, it was magic at the highest level. And uh, right. even at the Pro Tour, you see people punting through their attacks in the top eight and just random things. We, <laughs> yeah. we saw people, like, miss attacks, uh, you know, they clicked next too many times, uh, you know, misclicks and, <laughs> you know, random errors happening. But by the time we got to Sunday, I, I think it, you know, it was high level play. And, uh, you know, we, we did see Andre Maguchi winning the tournament, right? Uh, you know, it turns out if you're good at magic, uh, you can win a quarter million dollars. And uh, that's how it, it played out. Yeah. One thing I really liked about coverage, though, uh, was the face cams. And a lot of these epic moments... Uh, we, we wouldn't get the same effect on tabletop magic because usually you get the top down view and you kind of see people gesturing with their hands and that's kind of it. Uh, but here as people top decked, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the perfect answer off the top, uh, you see their expressions and you see what's going on. Uh, Piotr was amazing with his uh, fingers crossed, right? <laughs> he would, uh, slam yeah. him with his creatures and then he would just stand there with his uh, fingers crossed in the air, waiting to see if his opponent had a Kaya's Wrath or whatever. And uh, that's that's what we all do. Yeah. It was hilarious whether we actually show our fingers or not. That's all we're doing, right? We're all like, ah, I hope you don't get that Kaya's Wrath. Yeah. And, you know, him expressing it and us seeing it on camera, I thought was hilarious. That's... Savich <laughs> top decking like the Kaya's yeah. Wrath was perfect. That's also. that's one thing I'm really curious about is to see if, uh, based on how good the coverage was there and some of the things that you were mentioning, like uh, the face cams uh, and so forth, if we see any of those improvements uh, show up at Mythic Championship events. Because uh, something like a face cam, there's no reason you can't do that in paper. They just haven't done that in paper. So it would be interesting to see if the success of the Mythic Invitational kind of trickles over into other events uh, and we get some of those improvements. Of course, you're never going to be able to uh, make it as fast as you can on Arena because you're still going to have to shuffle your deck and stuff like that. Like You can never make paper coverage the same or uh, probably as good in some ways as Arena just because of how the game is played. But I think it would be interesting and it will be interesting to see when we have a Mythic Championship in a month from now, if we see any of those uh, tweaks to coverage to kind of mimic the Mythic Invitational and the things that worked really well yeah, there. Yeah, the speed of the game was crazy. Uh, I hadn't realized how fast Arena is. So remember when Arena first came out, we were comparing Arena versus Moto, and we're like, okay, the auto-tapper <laughs> makes things faster, and you know, blah, blah, blah. But comparing it to paper is night and day. I want someone to do the math, but I think matches take only like 50% as long. Uh, even day nine alluded to it, like match one finishes, uh, I go to the bathroom, I come back and I've already missed like two turns of the next match because sideboarding takes two seconds, uh, going into matches, just playing the things out. We forget how long paper actually takes, right? The game starts, you have to cut away to another feature match as people are shuffling 
they sideboard. Oh, this guy has to mulligan. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Oh, mulligan again. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Start the match. It's like 10 minutes past already. Uh, it just takes forever. Doing combat math takes a long time. Uh, on Arena, they're just like assigned blockers. Oh, minus 30, I'm dead. Right? So it was just so much faster in Arena. And that's something that I don't think paper could ever catch up to or i don't know how at least things like the camera we can do things like uh, getting the broadcasters i love the casters this weekend day nine and kibler were amazing uh, we could get those for paper but i don't know how you would speed things up aside from like getting those poker shufflers or whatever to like shuffles people's decks uh <laughs> shuffling just takes forever and then that, this is the first time i'm like yeah like fetch land suck man like imagine this was modern uh it would be instant uh but in paper it takes forever so shuffling uh, in standard, I, I totally get what they're saying now because we just saw it firsthand at how fast these matches were and you didn't get a chance to get bored. In fact, it was like so fast, like I couldn't drink any water or do anything until until we got to the top four. The top four, they gave people time between matches to to reset and then they slowed it down a lot and it was more of the traditional pace of magic. Yeah, it uh, it'll definitely be interesting. I think uh, one th- the thing the biggest takeaway I think is Wizards did go all in. And this was something that we had been talking about and kind of wondering about after we had the last Pro Tour Mythic Championship where coverage was basically the same as it had always been more or less we we're like all right so maybe they're like saving up all this cool stuff to do it for arena tournaments and that definitely proved itself to be the case like uh, if you haven't if you didn't watch it over the weekend even just looking up to see like how they set up the stage and what they did with the casters all that stuff was uh, leaps and bounds above what Wizards traditionally did, uh, has done for coverage. So I think for me, that part was really impressive. Just to know that Wizards actually does have the the desire or the ability to make coverage like that if they want to. Uh, and hopefully we see more of it in the future because uh, it, it seems like once you've done it once, uh, it should be easier to do some of that stuff the second and third time. You kind of know how it works. You know, the casters work and the setup works. So that part was definitely really exciting to me. Personally, it didn't sell me on best of one standard. That's still, I'm not going to, I'm not going to harp on it for too long, but I'm still not sold on the format, but that's not really really a criticism of uh, the coverage or the tournament itself. I think uh, for this event, the invitational type event, best of one probably makes sense in a lot of ways because you kind of want the excitement of the playing field being even to some extent. But personally, I do hope that we don't see duo standard again because I I think if there's one piece of feedback that came out from uh, me watching social media, not just people watching the event, but a lot of players in the event seem like if they could change one thing, it would probably be not playing dual standard for these type of tournaments in the future. Yeah, I want to go back to the esports thing. So remember, I don't know, it was like six months ago, a year ago, you know, Watsi had that call and they're like, we're going to make magic in esports. And we're all here in the podcast. He's like, okay, I don't think you guys know what that means. And then, you know, but we're like, you know, there's hope, right? There's a lot of money. They're like $10 million, blah, blah, blah. And then Mythic Championship 1 comes around, and it's literally the same thing we've seen for every Pro Tour in the last couple of years. We're like, oh, God, like, this is it. Like, Watsi has let us down. But they turned it all around with this. Like, for the first time, I felt we were an eSport, and not only an eSport, but one of the best eSports, right? It was the Mythic Invitational sponsored by HP by Omen, sponsored by Discover, 
right? You had pro players playing in the event, right? You had Team Liquid present. You had TSM present, right? You had esports organizations in here, right? And this is on top of Tempo Storm, uh, on top of our normal Magic the Gathering teams, right? Uh, coverage was amazing. You had Day 9, like literally the face of esports himself, right? You had Kibler, like everything was just up to snuff we hit 150,000 we were like third on twitch people were tuning in they're like what is this card game from 1995 is still around like it was just amazing and i went from highly skeptical of of watsi to uh terrified right now we're entering a new territory one where we're now a legitimate esports people are gonna come in poking at our game what's gonna happen Right. So I, I've gone from highly skeptical to like, this is amazing. You know, put on your seatbelts. Let's go. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what happens at the next, uh, arena tournament and also what this means for tabletop. Like, does all of this newfound success trickle into tabletop or does Watsi double down on arena and like close the door on tabletop? It'll be super interesting to see what happens on the next couple of mythic championships. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely an interesting and exciting time, and definitely a lot of credit to Wizards and to all the players at the Mythic Invitational, because uh, it was, even with me being not especially liking the format, even I will admit, it was a, a very entertaining weekend of Magic, and I really enjoyed watching it, uh, even though it's not my favorite format, so uh, if I enjoyed watching it, and I'm probably one of the biggest critics of Best of One Magic, uh, you gotta assume that most people enjoyed it as well, so... Well done, Wizards. Well done, players. It was super entertaining. Pretty much, there's not a whole lot to really uh, really complain about. It feels like that they pulled it off, and they pulled it off really well, and it's a super exciting event, and I honestly didn't know that Wizards had it in them. Just based on playing Magic and watching tournaments for like a decade now, I didn't think that Wizards had the ability to throw a tournament like this and pull it off successfully, and they did, so tons of credit to Wizards. And well done, Krim, for representing our game and for showing the world what true Magic players are like. Like, a lot of people, when they take 30 of the face, would be super salty. But Krim was just enjoying every moment and, you know, bad beats. Let's <laughs> let's suit up this, you know, shuffle up the cards, go to the next game. Like, that's what Magic is all about, right? And I think you showed a lot of people that from other card games where they may be a lot saltier, right? Uh, I think there's an unwritten rule that if you are the double Esper player, you're not allowed to get salty. That's that's just a rule of magic. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like I also just—I mean, like, what was I gonna do? Right? There's 33 damage coming to me. So I—I I gotta ask you before we move on because we gotta talk tons of War of Spark too. I gotta ask you, Krim. Uh, how did how did you find the matchup part of it? So we saw uh, the most common pairing was basically Esper with e- with an aggro deck, either mono red or mono mm-hmm. white. So when you were sitting down for a match, were you really hoping to pair your decks in a certain direction, or were you pretty fine no matter how the matchups broke down? Uh, there was a direction that I wanted the matchups to go. I wanted my Dovin's Acuity to line up with non-traditional Esper. Um, but otherwise... It, like I, I could still play a game with normal Esper, but the thing is, I, I would rather just play regular Esper versus regular Esper, and then Acuity against any other creature deck. Uh, whereas people brought like aggressive in a control deck, which helps out in the situation where, let's say, in the, in the case I get paired against Gregor's right, Kowal- uh, Kowalski, like 
uh, in that situation, that was the one time where I was like, I wish I had an aggro deck instead of two Esper decks because I cannot beat uh, Team of Reclamation regardless. <laughs> so at least I can try to take a shot at trying to beat him with like an aggro deck of sorts. So question two, follow up. Did you have any game threes where you had to actually play the guessing game? I know you mentioned one where, yep. where you kind of were like, okay, I'm just playing acuity because I like it against both of my opponent's decks. Did you have any where you had to actually do the game theory? Like, are they going to pick, uh, control? Are they going to pick aggro? What do I pick to match up? How did that go? Um, that, that was one of the, that was actually, it happened real early on. I think it was against Marcio Carvalho. I, <clears throat> I was thinking, well, he has Esper. Um, but he also has mono white and what kind of hand am I allowed to keep? Right. Because it doesn't matter for, from, from Marcio's point, right? Cause either way he knows what I'm playing, right? If you're on double Esper, you, it's known that you can keep either, if you're on the control deck, you can keep a slow hand that's more counterspell heavy. Uh, you know, you need to keep an aggressive hand. You, you know what you're doing, get going into the game plan. For me, I had to play the guessing game of it. He could like big brain me, galaxy brain me out of this, and I keep a handful of counter spells, not a lot of cheap interaction, and then it's just mono white, right? Uh, so I I had to do that a lot, and then so game three I ended up just rolling normal Esper control because I was worried about it and I wasn't too sure, and luckily I was able to draw into some board wipe, uh, like like I was able to draw into uh, a board wipe, and then. Uh, like in, in the first turn, which allowed for me to like play the match either way, right? Like if, if, you know, Marcio's got a bunch of like, it, like I had enough counter spells and thought erasures to disrupt him, but I also had a board wipe. So that was the hardest thing mostly, just figuring out what kind of openers I can keep because my opponent could just be on the aggro game plan or on the Esper game plan. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So. So last thing we want to talk about over the weekend was throughout the entire weekend, they were giving out arena codes to get the new card styles. So uh, they're posted on Twitter. We'll post them in the article and in the comments, but I'll just list them off here for uh, everyone. So starter styles, parallax potion, foil fungus, shiny goblin pirate, sparkle druid. So those are all the new codes and they get you the, uh, the new parallax effect cards. And then the old cards that's, st- uh, the old codes that work are play Ravnica and play Allegiance. So in arena, you go to your store and in the store, there's a, uh, place to enter a coupon code. You put them in and you should get a bunch of free stuff. Um, and I think that, uh, that brings us to the end of episode. 217 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. Yeah, this episode was super long, so let's split it into two, and we're going to record the War of the Spark spoilers and trailer right now, so it'll, come, it'll go up immediately after this episode, but for people's uh, collections and they don't want to listen to two-hour podcasts, we'll split it up into two parts. All right, so that brings us to the end of episode 217, uh, double episode this week. So, Richard Cribb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks one more time to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. Check them out at spikesacademy.com and get 10% off with the cold goldfish. So, uh, yeah, this is a crew signing out momentarily. We'll be uh, right back with uh, the next episode. Yeah.